This is Tech Talk for Accountant Show, where we discuss the hottest topics, tools, apps, and trends in the accounting industry. This show is sponsored by Rush Tech Support, who is offering all listeners of the show a free IT audit so you can know whether or not your business is at risk of being hacked, having a data breach, or getting fined hundreds of thousands of dollars for non-compliance. You can schedule a free check at rushtech.online slash podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Tech Talk for Accountants show. I'm your host, Andrew Lassis, the Tech for Accountants, IT specializing in the accounting industry. And with us today, Joel Slattis, CEO of Timesheets. And we're going to be discussing a whole bunch of topics today as it relates to time tracking, expenses. He's an expert in the field. And Joel, I'd love for you to just give a little background on you know your experience and what led you to the, uh, the position at um with timesheets right okay hi good morning by the way thanks for having me um well it's uh it's it's like everybody else's story uh that you know that it was an entrepreneur at one point or still an entrepreneur um we i was uh i was in tech like you um i have a degree in engineering from cal poly and i went to work uh in the silicon valley for a company called applied materials and i spent about four years there and uh, the first day I walked in, right up fresh out of college, uh, you know, it was this building with neon lights everywhere and no windows. And I'm walking around, looking around, going, "Is this, is this really where I want to be?" You know, I liked that I had a job. Don't get me wrong, I was super excited, but at the same time, like this little voice was like, "Do you really want to be here?" You know. So anyway, four years later, uh, layoffs were coming. And everybody was on edge. And I kind of told my boss, I'm like, you know, it wouldn't kill me to get laid off. And uh, so <clears throat> that's not the exact thing that you should say to your boss unless you really want to get laid off. Uh, so anyway, uh, but it worked out because, you know, when they lay you off a big company at Applied Materials because of like a downturn, you, you, you tend to get like a nice package. So that provided a little nest egg for me. And I was able to, um, to uh, start my business. So I started designing websites on my own as a freelancer. And uh, within another, uh, probably within a year, I had my first employee. And then a couple of years after that, another couple of employees. And we were building websites and we were building websites for companies small and large. We built a website for Whammo, the toy company. We built a website for uh, advanced micro devices and a bunch of smaller shops. And so we kind of cut our teeth, if you will, um, just selling selling websites and learning how to build websites. And we moved into dynamic websites soon after. Um, so we started building stuff that, you know, wasn't just static and, you know, cause when I started, so I should say this, you know, you could probably tell from my beard, but I'm old. Silicon Valley so when I started old. building websites, it was literally using Silicon Valley old. Well, I turned 52 last week, but anyway, uh, you know, it was, I was literally building websites on a modem. Okay, you couldn't get an ISDN line at the time. No one knows what that is now. You couldn't get cable. There was no such thing. Uh, you just there was no fast internet, so you had to build. And so you were dialing in, and you were uploading website. And that's when I started. So that was 1998. Anyway, by 2004, we had the idea for timesheets because you know we were tracking our own employees, and like everyone else who's an entrepreneur and a reasonable successful entrepreneur, they see a problem, and they they start working on it. And I liked the timesheets problem a lot because it had a bunch of things, uh, characteristics that, that I was sort of 
that I felt like was in the pocket for, for my ability, for our ability as a company. Uh, so we started working on it. Uh, we incorporated in 2005 and we started building customers slowly. And, um, you know, a lot of people, it's interesting. They, um, when I tell, when I tell this story, um, we, you know, people ask, well, did you go get money? Like, that's always a conversation that, that, that people want to have. And we did, we looked into it. We didn't take money, but we looked into it. And, and the thing is, like, so for instance, we found one investor guy who wanted to give us like $300,000 and his whole business plan was we give you 300 grand. I wait three years, the company explodes because you know you use this money to miraculously make the company explode. And then he takes his 300,000 out, but he keeps his stake, right? And that was his business model that he wanted to. So we talked about that for a while and decided eventually against taking his money. Because, you know, after three years, he would have no skin in the game except for our skin. And, um, and the trouble was that, you know, if you don't know how to grow the company fast and you're just doing, you know, you're building this company and you're building it slowly and everything is kind of going your way. Uh, all of a sudden, taking on an investor means you've got a boss and, um, and you have expectations. And if you don't meet that, uh, the expectations, then what happens? Like now you go down this road is not uh, really fun or, or exciting, you know, and it's a lot of headaches and stuff. And the other thing about timesheets at the time was it was a slow growth path. You know, it was like more of a plane taking off than a rocket ship. And as we built the company year after year, we added features. And at the same time, the company was getting bigger and we were adding uh, new, new uh, customers and stuff like that. We started taking less and less web development companies. So by 2012, and we were still all part-time, so by 2012, uh, we, we closed down the website design company. We didn't need any more. And all the employees moved over. And at this point, there were eight or 10 of us. And, um, and we were all working for timesheets as of 2013. So it was a self-sustaining, profitable enterprise with no investment by 2013. And, uh, and we no longer needed the web development. So uh, from then, 2013 through now, it's 2022. <laughs> uh, we've just been growing the company, adding features, making it better, developing relationships. And basically just, uh, you know, we're not a huge company, um, but we've maintained our profitability. We've grown every year. Um, even uh, during COVID, uh, the COVID years, I guess, we were a little bit flat. Um, but, you know, we're back to growth a little bit now, even though it's a little bit slow growth, but it's still growth. And so now it's 2022. And, uh, you know, we've got a lot of staff members have been with us many years. And uh, we're just a happy company. Uh, we focus on two types of time tracking. We track time for hourly employees uh, for payroll. And we track billable time for, um, for, uh, for billing. <laughs> um, so we have a lot of accountants. Um, and I know that um, a lot of accountants listen to this podcast. Uh, we have a lot of accountants because we also have a partner program, but they can use our service to, you know, their employees can come in the morning, clock in, go to lunch, clock out, and you've got their time for hourly pay. But while they're on the clock, we have a separate timesheet for billable time where they can say, I worked a, uh, you know, a half an hour doing this guy's 1099s and I worked on this guy's personal tax returns for two hours. And so you can do both of those things simultaneously. And, um, and that kind of sets us apart from other time tracking companies. And so that's where we are today. You know, the, there's so many uh, pieces that you hit on there of, you know, starting with the web design angle and then kind of morphing as time 
goes on and as the world changes, technology changes. And I'm sure, you know, nine years later, if you had just stayed in the web design space and we dabbled in it for like a year or two and it, it just wasn't for us. We're more of a, you know, here is, here is the plan and here is what happens and the scalability repeatability model versus like the customization model, regardless, um, you know, this day and age though, I mean, anybody could throw together like a good enough WordPress site or anybody could go on like Upwork or Fiverr and get someone to throw together a good enough website that like checks the box. Do I have a website that people can go to that checks the box of being a website responsive for mobile? You know, WordPress has kind of just changed the game with that. And there's, there's other ones as well. But you know, you probably had that conversation at some point of, you know, how sustainable is this? You know, when you started, there weren't a million people doing that. There wasn't probably as much of a race to the bottom as it was, or as it has become. And then, you know, pivoting to seeing here is a problem and we are well-equipped to solve this problem. And was that kind of what led into it was you were having was that what we were wondering about the sustainability of being a web yeah. design you know um, honestly no <laughs> um oddly enough i guess um we we had become a, a, a you know built there's two kinds of websites right there's a static website brochure website like what you're talking about um with wordpress which is a great tool um and then there's a you know the highly dynamic websites the functional websites like timesheets that do stuff and uh, anybody can build a WordPress website, that is true, but not anybody can build a dynamic website. And uh, we were building mostly dynamic websites by the time, you know, we did have these smaller brochure websites. And, and even then, by the way, there's good web developers and bad web developers. You know, anybody can build a website that looks good, but is it designed for SEO? And do they do it right? You know, cause there's a lot of people who design for SEO don't necessarily do it right. Uh, is it fast? You know, now Google is placing a lot of uh, emphasis on speed and, uh, you know, your website may look great, but if it's, you know, if you're building it with somebody who just knows WordPress and they don't know how to optimize it for speed and to, and to do the right things, do they understand schema.org? There's so many questions. So honestly, we were pretty successful as a web development company, but we were much more successful with timesheets and timesheets is a recurring model. Um, we did, by the way, have a recurring model. We were kind of, you know, I was an engineer. Um, I had smart people working for me. So when I was building websites, not to get too far off timesheets, but when I was building websites, uh, we made the decision very early on to host our own websites. So we were only one of the, we were one of the very few web developers that actually hosted our own. And so we actually did have a recurring model. And because we were hosting our own websites, we charged premium for hosting. So we we're getting like 50 bucks a month for hosting, which is sort of unheard of. And um, even as the price was coming down, we're still getting 50 or even more than that per customer every month. And so that led to a nice recurring income for us. So we were, we were doing pretty well um, with, with that web, desi uh, web design business. But Timesheets was more interesting. You know, it's a much more complex product. It does so much stuff. Um, it leads to um, 
just it, it's it it seems like it's not the sexiest thing as like time tracking but the reality is once you're in it and you're seeing all the possibilities and the ability to innovate and um working with people to help solve problems and stuff like that like you get into this really nice place where you're just enjoying what you do and that's kind of where we are right now where everybody's sort of just enjoying it i have an amazing team um we've grown our culture everybody's remote um, as a company, we've really never had an office. Um, and, uh, um, you know, we've, we've developed, uh, you know, we were using Trillion and we were using Messenger and now everybody's on Slack. And of course we've migrated to Slack and Slack is tied into about 10 different business functions. And so, um, you know, a whole culture for timesheets has developed for my remote employees around Slack. And there's, you know, people are posting their wordles every morning and other people are posting when they come and go and letting people know when they're in meetings and when they're not. And uh, we've got uh, some of the silly bots that come and bring in, um, you know, automated messages, like when there's a new registration or something along those lines, uh, comes in with a, a bot that's, you know, named Walter White with a picture of, you know, the guy Heisenberg. from Breaking Bad on there and stupid little things like that. Yeah, that make it fun. Um, but we have a really, really good team, solid team. And they've all been with us for a really long time. Like we don't really have any new employees. Um, probably the, the newest employee has been here like three or four years, you know, uh, because it's a solid team and we can handle the, the work volume okay. And, you know, we're, we're all focused on uh, our next big thing, which is our big release that we've got coming up um, where we're going to introduce a bunch of new features. And, uh, oh, by the way, to talk about time tracking, uh, the big new feature that we're actually going to announce uh, soon is something that Gusto recently announced. Um, they're, uh, had, they have a new product that nobody is using yet. And I can tell you that because their API doesn't work exactly right just yet. Uh, but it's a fully embedded payroll product. So Timesheets is going to have Gusto payroll embedded inside of the product so that it will be basically almost white label, like as close as white label as you can get to a, to a payroll product. Can't be 100% white label because there's power of attorney and you have to sign things. Um, so, uh, you know, timesheets, uh, Gusto has to have, have signatures from, from our clients that are going to use the payroll service, but we're going to have payroll embedded. So literally you're going to be able to go from clock in to W2 without ever leaving the timesheets interface. And that'll be one complete product. And so we're super excited about that because Gusto is such a great company and every accountant that we've heard from, uh, when we go to trade shows, like scaling new heights and places like that, um, they're all like super excited about Gusto. So we're excited about it because it's going to be literally embedded and Gusto is giving us amazing pricing. So people that use our service that already have Gusto can switch over to, to us and actually save money using Gusto, not, not switching their payroll service, just switching to us as like the custodian of it. And then they get to use timesheets all the way through where their employees can even see their pay stubs and everything else. And they're going to be saving money. So it's going to be a huge deal for us. And it could be a big, big boon for business. So we're pretty excited about that. And I'm just curious, like for, for us, as we grew, like kind of the vision and we started 2013 then kind of like the vision of what, I had and thought it would become at that time. Like I, I completely different. Than yeah. My, my actual goal was uh, 300 customers. Like that was my, if I could just get 300 customers, it was me by myself in my living room. And then, you know, we've had gigantic this and that, you know, I've, I've been through the 
uh, just me in my living room to like 50 people and six offices and like everywhere between and seeing, seeing what actually ended up happening versus my goal of like, wouldn't it be cool if I had 300 customers and you know, it, mm-hmm. there was a point we were getting a hundred new clients a day. And, and it was just like the crazy, you know, we're hiring people just left and right, just trying to like keep above water and the craziness that comes from there. And so that was a lot more than what I thought we would ever accomplish and really grateful for the journey we've been on where it's, it's really worked out. What, what did your kind of initial vision look like and had that pivoted at all? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. It is, it is fun. I can relate to what you're saying um, in the sense that um, you set a goal for yourself and you start working towards it. Um, or maybe you don't set a goal, but kind of in the back of your mind, you've got sort of an idea of like, God, I'd really love to be here, you know, at some point. And then it's, you get so busy and things are happening and you've got so many different irons in the fire. And in my case, you know, you're, you're learning to be a CEO, you know, um, I was, I was running timesheets or, uh, Webpex, the web design company. I was running that for, you know, several years before we started timesheets, learning the ropes and stuff, but it was a small operation. There were like three or four of us at the time, you know, that's all you really need to be a good web design company, uh, three or four different full stack guys. And, you know, you've got, you know, as you've got everything you need. Um, but with timesheets, you know, you have, uh, you, you have a need for completely other things. You've got to have people that do just testing. You've got to have people that are doing customer service, sales, marketing, advertising, you know, and you've got to interface with all of them. And so you get wrap, you get, you get, uh, and you've got to manage them and you've got to direct them. And um, so you get, uh, you get sort of caught up in that. And, and you're learning as you go, you know, because you're going, well, I'm, you know, I'm not like nobody made, nobody appointed me CEO, like, you know, it grew, I grew into this position, you know, I wasn't at like some big company before where I was, you know, and then I left to start a company and I have all this experience. So you have to kind of learn it on the job. And then occasionally you're sitting down and you're, you know, having a sip of your, you know, Jasmine green tea and you go, Oh, we, I remember when I had that goal that I had set for my, but that was like, we met that like two years ago, (laughs) you know, you didn't even notice it, you know, because you're past it at this point. So we have met uh, some of our goals. We've exceeded some, certainly. Um, as those have happened, we've um, created new ones. So we have some new ones. And um, it's going to be a real challenge to hit the newer ones because they're loftier. But it's fun. It's fun because you get to that point where you sort of, you either achieve something and you sort of notice you're achieving it at the time, but you've been too busy to worry about it. Or even you get past it. And then you go, oh, yeah, I had this goal back in the day of being able to say I had 100 clients or 1,000 clients or something. And you're like well past 1,000 at this point, And you're going, oh, well, I blew through that. I didn't even celebrate it because I didn't. I was so busy. I don't even know when that happened. Yeah. So, yeah, I can, I can kind of relate to what you're saying there. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun thing. It's part of the process, part of the journey. Yeah, growing into that CEO position is something that I think a lot of people probably struggle with, you know, a lot of people when they set out to start their own company and, you know, maybe it's just them. And, you know, I'll just speak on my own experience of, you know, I'm just an IT guy, like just doing tech stuff and people call, I fix their stuff. Everyone loves it. Cool. That's great. And then my buddy, he was working at another company. He's like, can I do sales for you? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. You know, I just pick up the phone when it rings and and that's like my sales. He's like, nah, like we could do 
outreach da, 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 and then starts growing. And then his friends, like, I'm going to leave my job and come work for you. And I'm even better than that guy. And da, 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 and starts growing and growing on top of each other. And, and then I'm like, I can't keep doing all this, all this work. Like I need someone else to be doing this and like mm -hmm. managing, I need to be automated. Like I have, there's not enough time in a day to get done the new stuff from each day, not to mention the important stuff. And so then it starts just growing. And yeah. It's really funny because uh, as a, as a CEO, like I see jobs a little bit different than employees see them. Like employees see the job as like, well, this is my job. I come to work. This is what I do. You know, I see the job based on my own personal needs and how my, and how they relate to like, well, I can't do this anymore. I'm too busy. I need somebody else to do this. So I go out and find somebody to help me accomplish the objectives that I've set out. And that leads to them having a job, right? So that, that it's kind of a different, like, you know, they're looking at it as, well, this is my job. This is my livelihood. This is what I do for a living. And I'm looking at it like this person is here to help me because I couldn't do the job myself, you know? So it's kind of interesting in that way. So I can kind of see, see what you mean there. And, and yeah, you need someone, you get to the point where you just can't do it yourself. Yeah. You know, we've got a couple openings right now for that same reason. You know, I can't do everything myself. I need somebody to help. But, you know, at the same token, I always tell people like, you know, I'm sweeping the floors when there's, you know, nobody to do that because that's part of the job too. You know, you got to do the grunt work, you know, mm -hmm. and definitely I still get dirty and do grunt work. Now there's no sweep sweeping, obviously, but, um, but you know what I mean? Like there are things that well, in your, in your own, I mean, if you're working remotely, yeah, like, I, I, I you're sweeping say, or no... someone's cleaning or a Roomba <laughs> or, or you just live I, in the dirtiest I just, house. In I America, just meant right? figuratively speaking, you know, yeah. there, there are times when, uh, you know, for instance, uh, a customer needs something, um, you know, you heard Kronos, right. Got, got, uh, they had a ransomware hack recently. Did you hear about that? Yeah. So, um, wow. You know, first of all, uh, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, as a result of that, we had a client that had canceled service because they got kind of too big for our small business platform. And they came back to us and they said, listen, we're on Kronos and like, we need a home tomorrow for, you know, several weeks at least. And so, uh, Hey, we're glad to have you back 900 users, you know? And so we went to work getting 900 people set up and ready to clock in tomorrow, right? Um, which if you think about it, it's pretty extraordinary. And all of their needs, right? Because they had a 900 person company with 900 person company needs, right? right. Um, and so uh, there were times during that setup process where we just li literally didn't have a tool that would change 900 things in 900 different accounts all at the same time, because it's not necessarily something that you know, you need for a small business platform, you know? So yeah. there was definitely times um, where, you know, I'm corralling some of the guys from the support staff in, or even doing the work myself where you're literally going one by one through accounts. Uh, Cause you, you know, you, you, you don't want to borrow the, bother the engineers to go do something for you uh, programmatically. You know, it's just easier to use the interface. It's a three hour job. Right. So um so yeah, you know, that's the sweeping the floor thing that I'm talking about is that sort of grunt work that you mm -hmm. sometimes still have to do where you're like literally a CEO, but you're helping a client with their account doing, you know, literally something you could hire an intern to do, but, you know, 
that needs to get done because you're on a deadline, you need something done for tomorrow. And so the Kronos thing was a good example of that, where you're sweeping the floor, the proverbial floors, you know, you're right. I think like a good comparison with that employee employer concept, I kind of see it a lot. Uh, we have, we have two kids, uh, one's two and a half and one's one. And I kind of see it now through the lens. Yeah. I was, I was an employer before I was a parent and I see a lot of the similarities of, you know, my view on what my job was as an employee. And then my view of what that job that I have hired for as an employer and where that disconnect is. And, you know, especially when, if you're an employee and you're with a group of other employees, you know, you guys all see things the same way and don't necessarily see how it all ties into the big picture when it comes to some of the roles and things mm -hmm. like that. And, and the context of why the, you're there to begin with, you know, why you're needed. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so not understanding like big picture, some of the little detail things it's like, Oh, why do I have to do this? Like, this is dumb. This doesn't help me. It's like, I understand it doesn't help you, <laughs> but you know, there's seven other layers to this that start with you. They don't end with you, but ultimately, you know, it ends with me having to backtrack and go through tickets and figuring these things out. And it's like part of it, like that it's kind of a joke, but kind of true. Like I hire people either to bring in more money or make my life less BS. -y. Mm -hmm. Like my everything that I do, I measure in like BS per <laughs> dollar. And like I try to keep that very, very uh, a low ratio. So, you know, the lower amounts that I have to deal with, the better. And I will pay people to take those things off my plate, especially if it's something that can be systematized, that can be taught and trained, that doesn't require, you know, this big picture idea or this audacious change that I'm looking to bring on to everybody. You know, that, that, um, what you were talking about with the integration with Gusto, like things like that, I think in the, in like the employee in the weeds, um, like they don't have an appreciation for how big like a business development opportunity is. And like you were talking about with like the API integration and things like that, like getting everything to work and having it properly tested and then launch. And then, then you uncover the unknown unknowns and the stress that comes along with that and the rollout. And, you know, a lot of people don't see what goes into things like that. And, you know, they just kind of see the end product of, oh, oh. or understand the risk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Necessarily, especially like with payroll, there's a lot of risk involved. Yeah. Well, you've got all the compliance pieces that go along with it too. And, you know, if it doesn't work, then you'll hear it from your employees that, something was wrong. And when, when we first, Oh, there's a million facets yeah. to it. My biggest fear is that we're going to give somebody bad advice. You know, we have to train everybody like the gusto people, they go through like four, they go through like two weeks of training or something like that. Um, they've got a very structured training regiment for their customer service people. And they're working for like three months before they're considered, you know, even able to help anybody with anything, you know, and they're doing it every day and we're going to be doing it, you know, 
I don't know how big, you know, honestly, I don't know what kind of response it's going to have. I know it's going to have a response. A lot of people like Gusto and we're time tracking. It makes sense that we would sell it. So I know we're going to sell payroll, but I don't know how much payroll we're going to really sell. And, you know, that remains to be seen. And, and when we do, we've got this problem of, um, you know, making sure that we've got, and so I think we've got it licked. I mean, honestly, we've got some smart people. We're going to train them well. And Gusto is going to support us and everything like that. But, you know, how many deductions do I have? How many deductions am I supposed to have? You know, yeah. uh, you know, how do you answer that question? We're not tax professionals, you know, so we're going to have some challenges ahead um, in that respect. Um, the, the, the mechanics of it are not so uh, onerous because, you know, you build the website, the website does what it's supposed to do. As long as it doesn't break, you know, everything will be compliant because we're just following in the footsteps of Gusto who built the API, you know, and we're going to be performing, uh, we're going to be embedding their stuff. And so it's going to just work according to their rules, but being able to, um, you know, I think they shared with me, a, I think per, per month or something, they get like one, between one, one and a half client requests per client, like customer service requests. So that's a lot. That's more than we do for timesheet. So, um, you know, so we're also looking at potentially having to uh, staff up a little bit to make sure that we have, um, you know, people that are capable of, of, of answering the questions and doing it in a timely manner and stuff like that. Of course, it'll start, it'll start small. So we're not going to have problems because we'll have time to ramp up as the business grows. But, you know, those challenges await. And that's what's uh, in our in our future, you know, um, is is figuring all that stuff out. So yeah, there's a lot a lot that the employees don't understand necessarily about why you're doing stuff. And by the way, I was also going to say that we also have those same challenges that every other company has, where you've got engineers trying to make decisions uh, that that really marketing should make. And so on the one hand, you've got the marketing people going. The website would sell more and probably do better if we had one product uh, with like a you know a pro version. And the engineers are going, yeah, but if we had a you know, it's so much easier for programming if we just make a, a menu selection and they choose what they want. And it's like, well, okay, I appreciate that, but the marketing needs to drive this. You know, we need to build the product that people want. We need to make something simple and easy to use. You know, right. um, whether or not it takes you an extra few days to program it is not really concern to me, you know, and so that that sort of, um, you know, every company has to deal with that. We have to deal with it just like everybody yeah. else. Yeah. And the so. the people not seeing like the forest for the trees type deal. I mean, that's something that any entrepreneur with other people working with them. And, you know, it's, it's also finding that balance between like, you know, I don't want to be this dictator that shoots down every single suggestion. And then at mm -hmm. the same time, it's like, every single suggestion is coming from a very narrow point of view and it may not play into the big picture. Like just anecdotally, uh, yesterday, someone was actually web, the uh, web design and he was saying, well, we should do X, Y, and Z. And I had explained, and this was literally marketing versus sales, but still in the same vein. And it was like the way that it is now has driven more results than the previous seven years times 100. So if you take seven years times 100, that still is not going to equal what the last six months has done since this change. So I appreciate you saying something, but I'm, yeah, but I, no. <laughs> I have zero, zero interest. And you know, it's like, I'll be at a dinner with someone. They're like, you know, what you should do commercials. You should be on TV. And and I've 
I've stopped answering it sarcastically. Just been like, oh yeah, you know, it's a good idea. I'll look into it just to like kill it right there. But like what I want to say on the inside was tell me your experience of spending $30,000 on something that you haven't tried before. Could you give me some insight into to how TV <laughs> advertising works? Yeah, no, I, I can relate to that. I can relate to all that. That's so, um, so there's, um, there, there's first of all, the, the, the bad idea, right. And, and learning how to deal with that. And, um, this is really more of a CEO chat than a, than an accountant's chat at this point. But, um, but yeah, you get the, uh, you have to learn how to deal with it in the right way, you know, because if you don't, you end up being called a dictator or you end up being, you know, having the employees don't remember the 99 times that you took their advice or that you agreed with them or whatever. Uh, they remember the one time you didn't. And, and so you have to learn how to sort of diffuse that situation. Look, you know, uh, and, and, you know, what I've learned, and I don't know if this is right or wrong, but what I've learned is you got to grab that bull by the horns. Look, um, I, you know, you don't remember all of the times I've agreed with you. But here, I don't agree with you. And, you know, there's only one captain to the ship. And so it's my job to make this decision. And that's why we're going to do it this way. And, um, you know, at some point, you kind of have to, you kind of have to just explain it to them, you know, because otherwise they walk away. If you don't, you end up in a situation where they do walk away going, oh, they don't listen to me. They don't listen to my opinion. And you have to correct that because that's not a right, that's not the correct way for them to be thinking about this because they don't, again, they have to be reminded, they don't see all of the times that they've said something and if you listen to what they had to say or, you know, and, and so anyway, they, you know, that's, again, that's part of that, that CEO thing. Um, yeah. And that, that you kind of have to get used to. Yeah. And I mean, that does apply though, in the accounting world. I mean, not everybody just starts out the company and is like, I'm CEO. Like a lot of people do have the experience of starting out and, you know, slow growth. And you and I both went through the bootstrap. Um, I didn't call myself a CEO for years. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I stayed away from the title because I just thought it seemed lofty, you know, right. but you're a CEO. There's like two people, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. well, you know, it's kind of like, it just didn't make sense to me, you know, some but I've sort that. of embraced it a little bit more. Pardon me. I said some people, some people play that though. Like the, the being well, sure. bigger I mean, than it's you good are. Marketing to have letters next to your name, but I never did. I just thought it was, I thought it seemed ridiculous. So I, at, you know, I, I was, I, at, when we were smaller, I just went by president, you know, but then, you know, now that we've got thousands of clients and stuff like that, I'm like, okay, I guess I could be the CEO now. You know, <laughs> I, oh, I, start- I guess I have earned that title. I've and- earned the title. Yeah. yeah internally. Yeah. Exactly. That, that imposter syndrome of it's like, even though I am the CEO and have been the CEO for years since day one, am I the CEO? Like what's, what's the response going to be? My, my signature says chief orchestrator, which you know, is that call, right? call it, call it what it is. Um, yeah, we, when we started, I, for some reason, it was really important to me that everyone had their own titles. And, oh. um, one guy was the developmental orchestrator, which meant nothing, but that was his name. And I was like, Oh, like orchestrator. I was like, I'm gonna steal that. And then, okay. and then that's, that's the, the story behind that. So growing into a position become changing from the technician working in your business to the CEO working on the business. And, you know, I'd imagine that, you know, just 
in this micro instance, you know, what we're talking about with the Gusto integration, you know, that is a, a big CEO play. That isn't a, you know, this developer had, had a quick little, like, I mean, maybe that they is kind of like true led actually, to it, now but, that you mention it. Yeah. But you know, the, the big things that have the big impact, you know, like us even changing from IT to everybody to IT for accountants and everybody fought me on it. Every single person said, mm -hmm. you're stupid. Don't narrow down. This is dumb. This is a bad idea. You're going to destroy everything. And now on the other side, when we have more self-booked appointments than we have salesmen available to take, they're all like, there's too much work to do. I don't like having so much work to do. And it's like, remember when you said this was going to fail? I guess fail is, is relative, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I remember when we made the decision to, to focus on accountants, you know, I, ne I never thought that it would, that we'd be competitive in that space because there's just so many people like trying to do that. Um, and so that's kind of an interesting thing. Um, but, you know, I went to a, uh, um, a conference and I was listening to the CEO of FreshBooks. I forget his name. And he was saying that they had focused on selling accounting software to web developers initially. And that having those web developers uh, be a niche for his business was what actually led to the growth. And it seems so counterintuitive to me, but the more I thought about it, the more I realized that you're sort of cordoning off a small pond. And so I said, okay, well, you know what? We're gonna really focus on, we're gonna really learn uh, and understand what our, our, our we call them ABCs, um, accountants, bookkeepers, and CPAs. And we're really gonna focus on, we're gonna learn what they need. We're gonna learn what they do. We're gonna focus on how we can help them. And then we're gonna you know, modify our product in small ways uh, here and there you know, that's doable, right? Uh, to really focus on catering to that group. And so that we've, that's what we've been doing. And then we started advertising the circles, you know, like we go to Scaling New Heights. Uh, we had an awesome time there. Were you at Scaling New Heights last year, this year? No, I was, I, I was in one of my best friend's weddings and I wasn't able to. We're, we're already booked in for next year. For though. June? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, we'll see you there. We had a great time. We have a shtick that we do now that's really unique that we've just sort of kind of played up at Scaling New Heights. It's really fun. So everybody in my business is all the developers are guitar players. And it's, it's almost like a prerequisite. Like you're not allowed to work here if you don't play guitar. I had this idea for swag to, um, to put uh, our logo on guitar picks. Ah, oh, that's yeah. awesome. And then on the back, we that's have awesome. like a little QR code. That you can scan that takes uh, you to a special page on the website so this is our swag and we want you to pick timesheets right and so what we do uh, what we do good. when we when Love we it. go to scaling new heights or other conferences is i bring the guy that i play flamenco with right i play a sort of a nouveau flamenco jazzy style guitar right and uh what we do is we we have two really nice gibson guitars that we bring with us and we set up a little stage and anybody who comes by, we'll talk to them about timesheets. We'll tell them all about timesheets and how we can help them. And they're very receptive now because, you know, after the Borg assimilated T-sheets, uh, you know, evidently there's been some complaints and you've probably heard it, uh, you know, scuttlebutt about how T-sheets customer service maybe isn't what it used to be now that it's QuickBooks time and so on. And, and so there's, especially last year, there's been a lot of, 
a lot of interest in, in alternatives. And so it was a great time for us to be at Scaling New Heights. And what we would do is we would jam for 30 or 40 seconds on some really cool flamenco riff anytime anyone came by the booth. And then we would talk to them about timesheets, you know? But, um, and then we had these, uh, these picks, we drilled, we drilled holes in the top of them and put a little pin in there. And then we would post, put it on there. You know, we'd say, we, you need flair. You need to have flair. And um, you get the reference? Uh, you remember? Uh, yeah. Um, Jennifer, office yeah, days. office, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, so, so look, if you see someone walking around the conference with a guitar pick hanging from their lanyard, you know they've heard our music, you're part of the club now. And no, of course, nobody does that because it's very unique, you know, to have two guitar players. Right. So, but they, you know, what, Joe Woodard, um, he loved it. You know, he came by, listened to us for a little while. Um, they took some video of us and uh, we played for a bunch of people. We got a ton of leads from that show. It was a great show. And, uh, you know, got that name out there. Um, so we, we plan to continue that. So when you see us at Scaling New Heights in June, definitely stop by, you know, listen to some good music. Maybe we'll have beer. We're, we're going to grow that, that sort of concept uh, as we um, uh, go into the future. You know, we're going to have more and more sort of around that concept. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's so brilliant. And like the best marketing is like that unique approach. And it's not like in your face, and like, look at me, look at me, look at me and like stealing people's attention, but more of, Hey, that's interesting. Peaking their interest. And then it's not like a, Oh, hello, like next victim that happens to be a client, but just having a conversation. And yeah, we're not standing there watching people walk by the booth and trying to, Hey, right, right. Come and talk right. to me. You know, no, it's not like that at all. Like we're just standing there minding our own business. And somebody says, that's a beautiful guitar. And it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, we, would you like to hear it? You know, Hey Bob, we're on, you know, ah. and, uh, and we'll jam a little bit. What do you want to play? And we got really good at playing. Like we'd pick, we have some really fast, exciting music. It's not slow, boring flamenco of like, you know, your grandfather or something like that. This is fast, furious, interesting music. And so we can, hop right into the middle of a piece and play and uh you know bob and i the guy I play with we've been playing together for a few years now we sound really good together and we're really tight and so when we play it sounds great and then people hear that and it draws people in and then it's you know we can talk to them so and it works out for everybody because you know a lot of them are actually looking for what we have at this moment you know an alternative we're a small you know sort of mom and pop uh vendor that that is not you know, part of some huge conglomerate and you still get that small business uh, feeling with us. Um, you know, uh, we don't have a phone system. You call us up, uh, chats and phone calls are answered by people in real time. Um, every single person who works at our company knows the product really, really well at this point. So um, you're never, you're never going to be transferred uh, to somebody else who needs to help you. You know, we have that small business appeal still, luckily, and we're going to hold on to that just as long as we can, forever if we can, as long as I'm at the company. Um, but anyway, so that's our shtick. But um, yeah, so we're having a lot of fun. Oh, that's, that's so cool. Yeah. Well, I want to be conscious of your time, Joel. Where can people uh, learn more about Timesheets? Well, timesheets.com is uh, intentionally a great place. You know, it's, it's our brochure. Uh, we don't have uh, uh, other collateral 
you know, there really is no need. If you want to learn about it, go to the website. The homepage explains everything. There are subpages in case you'd like to dive into any particular topic. Um, we've got uh, Calendly there, so you can set up a meeting with us. Um, we've got a phone number posted on every single page of the website. You can call us if you want. You can chat with us. Um, that's really the best way. If you're an accountant, we have a partner program. We call it our Pro Partner Program. We um, have it set up. We pay, uh, we, we, even though T-Sheets, I think, got rid of, or QuickBooks Time now, got rid of their commission program. I don't think they pay anymore. Uh, they were paying 20% for a year. We pay 20% for two years, just be competitive. Or we can offer a 10% pass-through discount to any accountant who comes through and wants to pass through that uh, discount to their clients off our posted pricing. So, um, and the 10% is uh, in perpetuity. So if they stay with us for 10 years, they get 10% off for 10 years. So, um, but the website, that's where they should go. And, um, and they can set up a time to talk to us through the site. Awesome. Well, Joel, thank you so much for being on the show. I learned a ton and I'm definitely going to see you at Scaling New Heights. And once upon a time, if, if you Google me deep enough in the internet, I, I was, uh, I had one Ultimate Guitars. Uh, oh, you got to stop by the like booth. Featured band of the month, maybe in like 2000, 2004, 2003. My SG was a uh, pawned by a friend of mine, but I, um, I, I know a thing or two. But uh, we'll, we'll keep. You probably don't get a lot of guitar time with with uh, one and two year old kids. I do not. That was a good assumption. I do not. It's yeah. It's uh. It's a shame, but you know we never we had trade. kids, so I get to play guitar every day still. <laughs> Some days I'm like that would have been a better alternative. <laughs> <laughs> I got a dog. She needs to get walked once in a while, but hey. we love her. She's she's a rescue. We just broke her out of jail about six months ago. Sweetheart. Oh, that's awesome. But that's about the closest same. thing I've got to being a parent. Yeah. Oh, it's it's a lot of similarities. There's a lot of same, you know, uh body issues uh, all over mm. the place. But <laughs> it's great talking to you, Joel. Have a great day. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, we'll look forward to meeting you in person in uh, June. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Tech Talk for Accountants show. Be sure to subscribe if you like the show. And remember, if you would like a complimentary IT audit of your business, go to rushtech.online slash podcast to schedule a time with a certified technician who can look over your current IT systems and make recommendations on how to make sure you and your clients are safe.